where we talk trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love. And we're your hosts, Shelby and Matt. <sighs> it's my birthday. <laughs> it's your birthday. And you shouldn't start with such a heavy saw. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another year <laughs> older. <laughs> um, no, I mean, happy birthday. You're turning, you. what, 32? No, like 28. Oh, okay. Yes, yeah, yes, yes. Sorry. My, sorry. <laughs> yes. Yes. We met in high school. No, I'm just kidding. I don't. Yeah, I'm 32. I I don't feel phased by that number. I feel like as you creep closer to 40, it might blow my mind a little. I do find it harder to tell the ages of people younger than me now. Um, at the pool the other day, there were a bunch of people in the pool goofing around and I was like those have to be high school students but they were in college <laughs> yeah yeah it, it is hard because I feel like I think the thing that throws me off is that like I'm not interacting very often with high school students yeah. slash college students so my so I'm sort of like based off of uh like movies or whatever which are obviously oh, yeah. very <laughs> skewed You're so like so uh, I think 40. everybody yeah is like younger than they are yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah, so I'm feeling good, you know. Um, excited for this new year. Lots of changes. Uh, the podcast will carry on, hopefully. <laughs> I mean, when do you guys move? It's soon here, and that's yeah, the end. end of June. No end of June. Wow, <laughs> Matt. Just I was looking at the lineup months. of movies coming out, and I was like. I can't wait to talk about this. I can't wait to see this. I can't wait for Matt's thoughts on Meg 2, the Meganine, you know? Like, I, <laughs> no. I, I need that. The only Meg I want is Megan. <laughs> okay, well. M. Freegan. At the very least, we'll, uh, we'll be back for that. Not um, Meg 2, dear <laughs> Lord. And, and I think Meg 2 doesn't have Ruby Rose in it, which is the worst part because yes. she was so bad in the first yes. one. I watched the trailer just now, like right before getting on here. That's oh. why it's at the top of my mind. And I was like, oh, I think they're leaning into the camp. They got rid of like the, you know, dead weight that is Rain Wilson and Ruby Rose. I mean, Rain Wilson was dead, but. <laughs> it's like, didn't he get eaten? Yeah, I swear he, he was like. Snatched up. Yes. <laughs> so I think it's leaning into that special, like um, Jason Statham, you know, campy your unrealistic fighter. You know what movie I think about a lot that I f- sort of feel like I need to revisit that I think is in this genre? Okay, what? Underwater. Oh, yeah. I've The I've Kristen that. Stewart one? Yeah. yeah. That was good. It it wasn't as good as this, the second time that I thought it would be, but it was still good. And I still recommend it to people and they all like it. And you still haven't seen the girls up on top of the cell phone tower though yet. I know. I literally check every weekend. Rob's like, what are we going to watch this weekend? Why don't you guys just rent it? Because I have an issue with paying $6 for a rental. (laughs) Especially for a movie that I know is bad, you know? I thought it was pretty good. (laughs) 
I was okay. Well, it's my birthday, so you can Venmo me six. Yeah, I'll Venmo you six dollars here. I'll Venmo you six dollars <laughs> right now. What's your Thank Venmo? You. Thank you. Um, no, I'm excited for that too. But um, yeah, this birthday kind of crept up on me. I'm usually more aware of them and planning for them, but the move and everything has kept me stressed. So I literally forgot our tradition of doing a sort of actor, actress, uh, noted celebrity, uh, you're wrong about session. So we whipped this together, but I think it'll be a good one. I'm honestly surprised we haven't done Jennifer Lawrence yet. I just sent the Venmo. (laughs) $6 paid to you to watch the cell phone tower movie. What's it called? Falling? It's just called fall. Fall. Just fall. fall. Okay. Well, okay, perfect. You should I'll, watch. I'll live react. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so you guys are. Yeah, I've never done a cross country move. I guess like that, especially not one with like children and belongings. Um, oh yeah. It's so I can only imagine what a nightmare that must be. Yeah, if you're gonna move, don't have kids. Like that's my advice to anyone. <laughs> okay. Okay. Great. I'll I'll keep that in mind. Yeah. Um, I feel like before we though get into Jennifer Lawrence, since okay. especially since we're not having episodes next week, like oh yeah, because I'm gonna be in Fire Island, probably falling in love. Yeah, um, fingers crossed. Yeah, that. Uh, I I feel like we need to discuss the Taylor Swift news oh. just in general for the fans. Oh, of yeah. the, I mean, the memoir that's not her memoir, but also <laughs> the fact that after long last, uh, she's releasing another one of these. Taylor's version album. Yes. Which we had thought like maybe she was just like had scrapped that idea and had somehow like bought her masters back or something. But yeah. I guess no. She just took because how long has it been since the last one? The last like, one came over out a no, year? No. The last one came out like November. Red. Or wait, when did Red that come out? Because it couldn't have been it came out before the yeah, last yeah, album, you're right. right? You're right. I think it was like a and year ago. Taylor's version. Time. time because because oh you're right it was november 21 damn that's why <laughs> i haven't processed that that's crazy um that and, literally is blowing my mind and right this now. is the third one the of these that she's yes. releasing yes yeah she's done fearless red and now she's doing speak now which is her um third album her first solo her first and only solo written album and um that she hates because she's not doing any of the songs on the tour yeah (laughs) well she's doing enchanted and she's gonna beef that up do we think once she uh i don't know it's an interesting idea i i wondered that because you know in obviously she's gonna promote it as like the best thing she's ever done but in her in her album announcement, she was like, this is one of the most dear treasures of my, you know, past six. It was a solo one. I'm so excited to own it again. So it does feel like maybe she was waiting for that to like bring more attention to it because maybe she didn't want people to go and stream all these songs after her concert until they have a Taylor's version. I don't know. So I could see her adding something, but it's also like it takes a lot to add something to a tour. Like, costumes whatever set design the visuals lights so i don't know if it'll just be (laughs) the same because it comes out july 7th and her tour ends august 
10th or something. Okay, so she'd have like a month. Yeah, so it doesn't necessarily make sense to switch it up, but... I guess she could just do some of the songs in that, like, in those slots where she just plays random stuff. Yeah, she's played a couple of them um, as she as she built interest in the Speak Now TV. But I'm excited. I think it'll be – that's one of the albums I kind of skip through the most. I think um, just because I forget some of the songs on there, like, they're not the most memorable for me personally. But I have been interested to see her revisit them because I think her vocals are much stronger now. Mm-hmm. And that time of that era, like Speak Now Taylor was so like snarky and sarcastic and vindictive and kind of like <laughs> embittered. <laughs> so I'm excited to see what comes off the vault because Speak Now had better than revenge and mean. So you know she had a lot to Not say. And mean. dear John. And so I'm curious like what was too like angry or vitriolic or or searing that better than revenge made the cut, but these six didn't. I can't wait for the song that's like Joe Jonas, I hate <laughs> you, die. <laughs> yeah. I mean that was Mr. Perfectly Fine, honestly. So Um, when do we think that Kat Taylor's version will come out? <laughs> Do we think that in the in this year she owns that? So everything McCavity, the back yeah, vault everything collection, after lover is hers. Uh, um. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess I guess we can pivot. That's enough of Taylor. Yeah, I mean, she's a Jay Lawrence fan. They're friends. Oh, so you know, they were supposedly they at some were. point. <laughs> they, I think they just had dinner recently together. Wait, I guess uh, one more quick question. Oh, okay. Is is Taylor dating anybody, oh or is this gosh, all unsubstantiated? <laughs> I have had prayer circles. I've, I, you know, begged but there's the no, Lord, the there's witches. no actual details aside from the fact he was at the concert and someone was doing a lip reading that was like <laughs> they said. I love you deeply for all time or whatever. Yeah. I did see like the Daily Mail or something was like, they're seen in a car together, but it's like Taylor's there and then there's a shadowy male figure. And I didn't like dig in to see if there were more photos of him exiting the car, but supposedly it was him in the car. And I don't know like what, how paparazzi like verify who people are. I don't know. So that's like, that was what made my anxiety go up. But then the current, like, you know, celebrity gossip tabloid headline is like, Taylor's not sure if she wants to take anything seriously so soon after a breakup. And I'm like, yes, that's how I feel. (laughs) (laughs) So Taylor's spending time to write her 500 page (laughs) memoir that will be out on July 13th. Honestly, hilarious. It was, like, so sus that I was like, this does seem like a lot of coincidences are just lining up. But I think BTS is just going to have a lucky, like, it's already one of the most pre-ordered books of the year or whatever. And obviously, pre-orders can be canceled once they find out what it is. Um, But yeah, June 13th, I don't think it'll be Taylor saying that she's going to battle her own album for relevancy that weekend of July 7th. It's it's lunacy like that these Swifties were like, wow, I better pre-order this now because there's no way I'm going to be able to get my hands on it <laughs> once the once it's announced. I know. It's like, yeah. uh, okay, sure. I mean, we'll if Taylor ever did a memoir, people would be rabid for it. 
But if Taylor did a memoir, I doubt it would be like about her personal relationships and would just be focused on like her career, you know, if, like the yeah. struggle. If Taylor did a memoir, it would be one of two things. It'd be like one of those, it would be like a Laura Bush memoir or whatever, where, you know, it's like so vague and like plastered over <laughs> that there's really like nothing there of any note. Or it would be like the Prince Harry memoir. Oh, where give it to me, please. Where where she where it's like she loses all of her she fans somehow by just thoughts. being yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> I had a dead tooth and She's it like, came out yeah. and I was you thinking want to talk about, about my it. Virginity, well, let me tell yeah. you. <laughs> I would welcome that. Um, but I don't think it's this year now. Okay. Well, okay. Good so, times. so, but she did get dinner with Jennifer Lawrence? Supposedly. I don't remember if like Jennifer Lawrence was at the same restaurant as her and one of Jennifer Lawrence's tagged her. One of Jennifer Lawrence's friends was like dinner with the gals and tagged like J-Law and Taylor Swift and a few others. But then someone else was like, Taylor just happened to be there at another party and this party of Jennifer Lawrence's group was just like, LOL, isn't it funny we all ended up in the same place? You know what I mean? So it's like yeah, cause I, a non-story. But. I feel like the... Uh... Uh, I feel like they're friendly. It's not. Like I mean, I'm sure other. that they're. I, yeah, I don't think they hate each other, but I feel like at one point there was sort of like a group of them that was like you know, and they were all supposedly friends yeah. with Emma Stone or whatever. And now I'm like, do I think that Jennifer Lawrence and Emma Stone are still friends? Like, yes. Do I think that yeah, any yeah. of them are friends with Taylor Swift? No. <laughs> she seems like a hard person to be friends with, as Lord told us. It's like being friends with someone with an autoimmune disease. <laughs> In one of the best quotes ever given. Listen, I wanted to do a whole episode on Taylor Swift, but um, we didn't have the time, nor did you have the interest for that five-hour saga. Um, but Jayla, I think, in her own way, would be difficult to be friends with. Maybe not now, but there was a time. There was a yeah. time. Um, I feel like, I mean, I, I guess let's talk about how we sort of came to Jennifer Lawrence or mm, like mm. how like our first recollections of her. Um, when I was in high school, I started getting Entertainment Weekly, which I think I've probably talked about before on the <laughs> podcast and was just like obsessed. And this was before internet. Uh, we didn't have cable TV. Like I did not get entertainment news yeah. aside from like People Magazine and stuff that my grandma would give us old copies of, which was like celebrity gossip. And I wanted stuff about like movies and books and TV shows like that I was <laughs> interested in. Yeah. So I got a subscription to Entertainment Weekly and read it like, I, I'm not even joking, cover to cover, like every <laughs> single word of every single review for you years. Were very straight. Yeah. Yes. I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah. And I was like, this is something that all the straight people do. It makes total sense. Um, And so at some point during that, uh, was the year of Winter's Bone, the Winter's Bone, the yes. sort of first big, not not big Jennifer Lawrence movie, but sort of like how she came on the scene came out. And I've still never seen that movie, but <laughs> I remember reading a lot about it. And so I knew who she was just because like, you know, Entertainment Weekly, I think really liked her, really liked that performance. It kept popping up over and over again as award season progressed that year and so then i think shortly after she was cast in the hunger games mm -hmm. which i had read at, in book form previous to the movies coming out or like to the movies being announced even because i so i somehow i don't know how i read them so early but 
I went to what I thought was going to be a, or I read the first two and then me and my friends were like, oh, they're going to do a midnight release, obviously, because the books are so good. We'll like go to the bookstore at midnight. And we went to the bookstore at midnight that night and it was closed. <laughs> there was no, uh, <laughs> there was no midnight release party, but that's how big I was into Hunger Games and did oh, like, yeah. I was on like the Facebook forums and stuff. And so I was really like keyed into that casting. So when I heard that this actress who was supposed to be really good in Winter's Bone was also going to be in Hunger Games. I got really jazzed about that. Um, and yeah, I feel like I've always really liked Jennifer Lawrence, even during the phases where, you know, she was maybe like oversaturated or people were coming for her. I don't know. Yeah. I I don't think I've ever really been annoyed with her as a person. I think that some of the movies that she's kind of ended up in have been not great or some of the people that she's worked with, but I've really always loved her and am excited for a comeback. Yeah, no, which I, I think we're in the middle similar, of similar arc because I too, I think it was the 2010 or 2011 Oscars where she showed up in that Oh, that red dress, the slinky red dress. And people were like, oh, yeah, she's nominated. She came out of nowhere. And so I did end up watching Winter's Bone because I was, like, curious about it. And it's good. Like, it's a good movie. And I was like, oh, yeah, she's good. And so I, too, had her on my radar. I think also because I saw the next few movies she was in, which weren't, like, great. I loved – I liked Like Crazy, which is, like, a rom-com that she's kind of the other – love interest in um but then yeah huge hunger games nerd obsessed with them i like i got into it late so i think i got into it when the third book was about to come out and so i read two of them in like one weekend and then ordered the final one and i don't remember when exactly she was announced but i was all in on that i thought it was perfect casting i was so excited um and i've i was fully on the j-law bandwagon like i loved all of her interviews they thought she was so funny um i was like there's some things that as i was preparing for this episode i remembered like oh yeah that was kind of annoying how she did that and like this moment was kind of cringe but yeah i've never had like a hate for her i've obviously noticed this sexist trend kind of build women up just to cast them aside and it's something we've covered in like the half a haters episode and really any woman of note has gone through this sort of like rise and fall and um yeah I think it's she's interesting because it was such a short window like it's wild how how quickly things went up for her and then how quickly they fell apart because like Anne Hathaway I don't remember the exact timeline but it felt like it was more slow building maybe because she was more like she didn't come out at the top whereas jennifer lawrence in one of her first feature films is nominated for a best actress award and then with her second like major performance serious performance she suddenly wins best actress and is like the second youngest in history to do it i think it was just like so like shocking how (laughs) How quickly her star rose and fell and kind of this like comeback all happening within the last, you know, kind of decade almost. Well, the thing with Anna Hathaway is like she comes on in Princess Diaries 
And, you know, then does some, like, kids' movies, takes some weird stuff. And I feel like nobody really, like, gets around to paying enough attention to be annoyed with her until Les Mis, which isn't until, you know, 10, 12 years after Princess Diaries. So she had a long time to sort of, like, gestate. Where, yeah, yeah, I mean, the, the crazy thing about Jennifer Lawrence is, like, Winter's Bone is only her fourth movie her like first she was on some like random tv shows and stuff but her first film appearance is in a movie called the garden party in 2008 which i've never seen and then winter's bone was this really fluky sort of thing where it was a really small really tiny indie movie uh that did that wasn't you know supposed to yeah uh put anybody anywhere was you know supposed to be one of those movies that you know shows up at festivals people watch it maybe say oh yeah that was good and then it sort of like never gets any awards traction because it was so small so the fact that she got nominated i think is sort of shocking in and of itself and contributes to her persona because it's like she was born and raised in Kentucky. She, her parents were very normal people. She kind of had to be scrappy. She had two other brothers. Like she's not one of these actors who like comes up through the Disney channel route or Mm -hmm. is like doing lots of auditions or is a Nepo baby or a child star or anything like that. And so I think she was sort of catapulted into the spotlight and didn't necessarily know what to do. And so just acted like very natural, very like a normal person. And in comparison to all of these Hollywood people who are so, you know, cagey and stagey, she just <laughs> seems so relatable and everybody latched on to her right away. Yeah. And then, you know, she kind of tumbled. She was like, I eat pizza. She always said like. <laughs> right. Yeah. She'd be like, let's do a shot or whatever. Like, and people I'm are like, cool what? <laughs> but I don't think that it, I don't think at least at the beginning that it was like, yeah, airs yeah, at so, all. I yeah. think that she was just like actually doing that. Yeah. And then, you know, it's like she wiped out at various events. And, <laughs> you know, I think I think all of that was very um, realistic. But she <clears throat> after Winter's Bone, she very quickly sort of falls into three different like movie franchises, if you will, that really like are all front and center and all uh and yeah, she's just huge. constantly a tour because she's in the X-Men movies. She's in the Hunger Games movies. And then she's in um, the, oh, shoot, what's the director's name of Silver Linings Playbook? Oh, the David O. Russell, David, where yeah. she's where she gets where she sort of like connects with him and is in Silver Linings Playbook, American Hustle and Joy, <laughs> which are all movies by him that were, you know, big sort of like award pedigree type things with Bradley Cooper and. So it's like not only is she making the biggest money makers of the year, but she's also winning these or is in these Oscar things. So it's just like you can't get rid of her. There's no yeah. there's no place that she's not for about five years until Joy. So Winter's Bone is 2010. Joy is 2015. And I feel like that's the arc for her. Yeah. And then and then that's where she falls off. Yeah. The tides started turning, I think, like around 2014, like. Vice wrote an article that was like Jennifer Lawrence's foul mouth norm core public image made her an American sweetheart, but her girl next door persona is starting to make her as unlikable as Anne Hathaway. <laughs> no. Yeah, there was this major shift where it was like, oh, her first Oscar, she trips on the stage. It's so funny. It's so memeable. It's everywhere. She's so relatable. 
And then the next, like, 2014 Oscars, she's nominated for Best Supporting Actress. And then suddenly she's tripping on the red carpet and it's like, oh, this has to be an act. Like, ah, it's just, like, wild the triggers that come out for these women celebrities. Because I think about things like, like Tom Holland's shtick being, oh my gosh, you can't tell me anything. You can't keep a secret around me. And it's like, no matter how many times that's played up for promo, for like, you know, these the press tours he goes on, it's never seen as like, oh my gosh, he's so fake. Blah. It's always just taken in as like good natured and funny and like, oh, isn't he funny? And I feel like that that being the sort of turning point for these rabid I don't know, people in the zeitgeist to decide like, no, Jennifer Lawrence is over. She's canceled. It's fake. I hate her. (laughs) It's just wild that it comes down to this sort of like, we love her for what she is and then hate her for the same reasons. Well, you also just forget how, like how monumental sort of Me Too and that era is where like, a headline like that now of like mm-hmm. this person's annoying. We hate yeah. <laughs> this actress. Like would never happen. That would yeah. never get approved. And prior to me too, like people were just saying things willy nilly. Oh, yeah. Like like it didn't matter. Even you know like watching um like old episodes of RuPaul's Drag Race, which I feel like mm. is a very progressive show. Like people will say things that are just so like rude to the. Uh, like overweight contestants or the Asian contest. It's like, it's crazy that just nobody was that everybody thought like, Oh, you can sort of make fun of other people. And it, and it's like a fun joke and we're not going to scrutinize that at all. And I mean, with Jennifer Lawrence, it's not even really making fun of them. It's just that it's okay to be like, yeah, we all decided that we hate this person now for no reason. (laughs) And we're going to write articles about it. Where now it's like, there are celebrities that people dislike, but I feel like even them, nobody's really like saying it in the same way now. I mean, everyone has a platform now. So people eat up, chew out like Olivia Rodrigo, or they have their like annoyances with, Taylor Swift becoming popular again or you know they they pick on the it girl but yeah is the general media making these sort of clickbaity let's talk about her whole career and where she went wrong and and why we think she was lying when she said she had chicken nuggets for lunch like it is it was a weird obsession and um and kind of cruel in its point of view because it was never like oh, we need to call her in for her bad behavior. Like learning and growing is so important. It was just like, hmm, I don't like this anymore. (laughs) Well, it also wasn't bad behavior. It wasn't like she was like cussing out people or whatever. (laughs) Well, I Um, think there was that one time where like she did like step in it a couple of times where during like the Hunger Games, she went on Graham Norton and talked about how she was like, I don't know. We were filming and it was, I guess, some sort of sacred rock. I don't know. It was a ritual. I don't know. But I just used it to scratch my ass. And it was like, okay, that's not great. You know? I don't and remember like- that. <laughs> what was the rock? It was like a Hawaiian, like, there was just this site that had been protected. And she was just like, I got, I wasn't supposed to touch it, but I just had to scratch my butt that day so bad that I just had to use it, you know? And she, <laughs> she just like... It's not funny. She but scratched just... her butt with a sacred rock. Yeah, 
<laughs> you don't remember this? I no, remember I would have remembered that. I remember it happening and she had to like post an apology that was barely an apology. And and I think that that's like what's also I think interesting about her case is that she didn't have the years to get polished or to like realize like maybe not every funny anecdote is as funny as she thinks it is. Because again, like you said, she's suddenly famous in 2010 and now by 2014, 2015, she's like battling with so much attention on her most of which tends to be positive but now she's under scrutiny for every single move she makes and so she didn't really get to grow into her stardom because it was so like instantaneous that she was suddenly the highest paid actress in the world you know and and stuff like that like just constantly like you said on the road promoting these different franchises these huge films being this huge success and everyone wanting those like funny, grabby sort of stories, anecdotes, jokes, shots. (laughs) I'm carrying french fries in my bag, like whatever it is. Well, you can see how she's sort of like, you know, when you're hanging out with like younger cousins or siblings or something, and one of them sort of does something funny and everybody laughs and then they just like either keep doing it or like amp it up and don't really (laughs) understand like how to progress a joke. It's like, you know, they wipe out once and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, I'm going to fall down all over the place. And then they're like knocking over <laughs> like, things. And you're, like, and you're like, OK, no, yeah, it was sort of entertaining the first time. But yeah. now you just broke this lamp and we're pissed <laughs> that that I think has some of the energy of Jennifer Lawrence. It's like, yeah, she knows that she's getting good feedback for these sort of norm core responses to things. Yeah. And so I'm sure that if something pops into her mind, like the butt scratch rock or whatever, where maybe in other celebrities would be like, "Uh, yeah, I don't think that's going to go over well. She's like, but all of these other things have gone great. So I might as well just try this. And she didn't quite know where the stopping point was. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. It's like, this was, she was so different. And like, I remember loving that. Like, I remember thinking it was so funny to see that quirkiness and relatability and how like some of my favorite like moments that I would watch on YouTube or whatever were her fangirling when she met like new celebrities Mm -hmm. or like Jack Nicholson hits on her or whatever. And I think those were so charming because it felt like everyone else around her was so buttoned up, so like blase about the fact that they're living this dream of suddenly becoming a celebrity. And she was more forthright about like, yeah, I used to do like Abercrombie ads and I was so bad at it. They never used them to like, oh, like here I am (laughs) talking to Bradley Cooper or Leonardo DiCaprio or interviewing the Kardashians and whatever. And so I think it it was nice and and it is sincere. Like she seemed to just be riding this high. But I think there's just this tendency in our culture to hold women to this standard where it's like, mm, enough fun. Like you have to get in line now. Like you have to grow up at some point. And it's just like they decided somehow altogether that she'd had enough fun and it was time to be serious. <laughs> well, I think with any celebrity too – when you're looking at someone's personality, it's like you if if someone's personality is being used as entertainment, like there's only so much that there's only so much of one like thing that you can watch before you get tired of it. Yeah. And I think when you're when your sort of selling point is a certain side of you, you can't really 
do very much with variation on that. And so I think people just get sick of it, especially if you're someone like her, where people are following their every word. And then four years later, it's like, wow, I've just like had a lot of this, but rather than being mature and saying, Oh, I've just watched too many Jennifer Lawrence videos. <laughs> then they sort of pivot to, well, no, actually she was bad all She's along. Everywhere. We hate her. Yeah. <laughs> right. But I think about like, face? but I think about like Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, where, I mean, I don't think that anybody really hates them or whatever, but when they started, I thought they were so, so, so funny. And yeah. now when I watch things that they do, I'm like, what is like, like, have they, or have they just like lost it? Like, is this like, they used to be so great. And I think it's just, no, I've watched so much of them and you know, their type types of humor or personalities only have so much variation. So now it's like, okay, well, 15 years of watching their antics together it's not quite as uh interesting or exciting as it used to be just because i've watched so much of it yeah i mean maybe that's what's happening with me in marvel movies i guess um, well that's definitely what's <laughs> happening with you in marvel movies and you, hopefully you and taylor swift no 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 it um, would be a lovely day on the podcast <laughs> when you i mean you've already sort of said you dislike taylor multiple times hi to jet taylor yeah exactly there's two sides to every coin and um yeah that anyways we're not here for taylor you told me i couldn't talk about her um but i think there's this interesting pivot where um jennifer lawrence her career's doing great she's doing great she's tickling everyone like blah 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 blah. and then suddenly she's not doing great in her public persona and her movies start to kind of dip um and at the same time 2014 through 2016 was just kind of the shitstorm for her because that was when the apple leak happened and her nudes were leaked across the internet which is horrific and she was rightfully outspoken about how while she didn't have shame for taking those photos, she's disgusted by anyone who chose to look at them. And she ended up choosing to do Red Sparrow as like this sort of chance for her to reclaim her sexuality um, because that was the first movie that she did nudity in. Um, simultaneously, American Hustle, uh, there was that leak of the emails where it turned out that her and Amy Adams were paid less than um, Christian Bale and bradley cooper and so they both like wrote these letters about like you know speaking up about the gender gap there uh, the gender pay gap and then um she was also <laughs> decided to start dating her director darren aronofsky <laughs> which is so disgusting to me but happy for her <laughs> yeah should we like maybe go through the movies as we oh sure go do you want to or yeah no i yeah them? we can do that um because yeah like like you said her her beginning is fast and hot we have uh winter's bone you know nominated for an oscar then she did the light crazy which is the anton yelchin and felicity jones kind of rom-com about a long-distance relationship. It's cute. Did you see it? No, I didn't. Yeah, so that came out in 2011, um, and she's, like, the supporting actress in it. It's, like, a fun movie and worth revisiting, if only to honor Anton's, you know, legacy. Love him. And then they were in a movie again with The Beaver, which <laughs> I That's also That's, like, the saw. Mel Gibson, like, puppet yes. one, isn't it? <laughs> yes. I literally blocked it from my memory, but when I was preparing for this, I suddenly had flashbacks to his 
his beaver voice. And um, I could not tell you what Jennifer Lawrence does in this movie, but it exists. And I don't recommend watching it. <laughs> yeah. And that then that same year was when the first X-Men movie came yes. out. Yeah. And I guess we can sort of just talk about all of those at once. Yeah. Because she was in four of them. Oh, X-Men yeah. First Class, X-Men Days of Future Past, X-Men Apocalypse, and then Dark Phoenix. And I feel like the X-Men reboot sort of series, or I guess what, their prequels, like... I really liked them when they first came out. I feel like the first two especially are really good. Yeah, and then the last it. couple are not. Well, X-Men Apocalypse was. And then I never even saw Dark Phoenix. So <laughs> yeah, unclear on how good that Didn't is. Did she but... die in the beginning of that one? She might. I have a memory of her being like, oh, I don't want to do those costumes anymore. Well, I read, I read somewhere or another. That, like, in the first one, because she plays Mystique, who's, like, the blue scale woman or yeah. whatever. And so in the first one, but she, but who, the character's a shapeshifter. And so in the first one, she's in that sort of blue suit a lot. And then as the movies go along, she, like, didn't want to do it. So they wrote, like, less and less scenes of her in the blue suit and had her, like, shifting into other people or, you know, just wearing a wig or whatever for them and I think that the last one they said she was only in the blue thing for like two minutes or something along those lines <laughs> yeah. I swear that the whole plot is dark phoenix blows her up on accident or something maybe it, I mean that, that could <laughs> that could very well happen Let I've only know. seen one and a half of these I saw the first class way after it came out and then tried watching the second one. it's not that they're bad I just didn't get around to them I don't want yeah. any stands coming for me, but it's just like I'm looking. It's for not the my plot. cup of tea. <laughs> a shape-shifting mutant and Xavier's adopted sister. Da, 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 da. This doesn't really say. I'm trying to. I'm trying to find. I'm reading the I'm plot just synopsis. Google, like Dark Phoenix, Jennifer Lawrence dies. Okay, you keep talking. <laughs> Dark Phoenix, Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> Dies. Okay. Um, sure enough, uh, the film's first act ends with Jean oh, she accidentally control. sends Mystique she flying with a telekinetic her. blast, and yeah. the shapeshifter is killed after getting impaled on a broken piece of wood. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Well, sorry yeah. to spoil that for everybody. No, I um, think she was like, "Yeah, I wanted to be done." Um, so perfect. Um, but yeah, I think the even at the time, people were like, "Oh, she's really good in this," and. I think that started an interest in Jennifer Lawrence for my own husband, who oh. famously, we were watching like TV one day, and I don't remember, some perfume commercial came on, and a woman jumps in a pool. You don't even see her face. You see her ass cheeks. <laughs> and he's like, that's Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> Jennifer Lawrence did a bare ass perfume No, no. Commercial? It was just her like swimsuit, like. Oh, it was just her. It was just her in a swimsuit, and he's like, from her backside, was like, "That's <laughs> I told him I wouldn't tell that story, but it's so funny to me. I was like, "How do you know that? We haven't even seen her face yet." But then, yeah, at the end of the commercial, she pops out of the pool, and it's it's Jennifer Lawrence. So I'm googling Jennifer Lawrence ass and seeing what. <laughs> no, that's gonna pull up her. Her nudes. Um, it is not her nudes, but, not it, even, it, but it is sort of a bunch of very unflattering like bathing suit pictures. Yeah, um, it was some sort of perfume, like Dior, I think, because she was a Dior campaign 
I will say this. I think that having watched her movies, she has a very distinct sort of run. And I think I could pick her run out. Like if I saw her running without her face, I think I would know it's her. <laughs> well, okay. You and Rob can bond about Cause that. Because she's, she's ran. But then I was also going to say this. For whatever reason, the liking Jennifer Lawrence, um, I saw a TikTok about how you can tell if a guy is straight or not by asking them which guy is hot. And if they say Ryan Reynolds, then that then they're straight. <laughs> and and I do feel like somehow or another Jennifer Lawrence is also like like she's uh, like she is very attractive but she's also like very attractive to a very like specific type of person you know what I mean like I don't know she's <laughs> I mean she's beautiful she's she is but she's, she's not like Megan Fox like like I don't know, she has just a different There's like a vibe to her. To her, that stands out. There's something yeah. maybe she's even sort of like tomboyish. Yeah, and like tomboyish. I know what you're saying, but it's not tomboyish. It's like, I mean, she is like the cool girl personified. You know, she's 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 one of those people who can hang with the boys. You know, all her interviews right, about yes. her Hunger Games cast and how they just joke around and burp on set and get high off set like she has a very yeah kind of this attainable energy whereas someone like Megan Fox is maybe a little bit harder to picture yeah yeah interesting (laughs) um yeah well yeah because then she also does the Hunger Games which I think the problem with all of these with sort of all three of these like franchises, if you want to call the David or Russell movie is like that. The early ones are great, but the later ones are bad. And she's disagree. And she's sort of stuck in them. I know what, no, you're joking. The hunger games are a good set of films. I rewatched them all like last week. I love the first two. I guess here's the thing about the hunger games. I don't blame the movies. The third book is horrific. <gasps> no. And I, have you reread it since you first read it? Why would I go theory. back and read the because third? Because I think no. I think I wrote a whole thesis about this in my YA lit class. I don't the, care. <laughs> the book actually makes sense, but it's so different from the first two that you resent it at first. You resist the themes she's pulling out. But in actuality, it is a very thorough examination of kind of trauma and how you heal from it and like what you need to heal from it. And I think it's so good. I'm literally rereading them right now. I don't know why. I think it's because TikTok is just promoting so much like Hunger Games talk because the Ballad of the Sonbergs or whatever is coming out. And so I've just been nostalgic for it and it holds up. It's good the, stuff. The third one, I think the problem is that the third one like rushes through too much stuff. Like yeah, the last, the last like 30 pages are such a whirlwind. No, that's of, how she felt. That's like, that's how war it, is. I don't care. Know? It's, it's bad. <laughs> and so the last movie in the Hunger Games series, I think is rough. I actually I, like, I, I don't like the third movie because well, the third Pita's movie not nothing it, happens and Gale, really, and I yeah. hate Gale. I wish yeah, I Gale's could just the worst. edit him out of both the books and the movies. But I like Peta in the fourth one. I think it's so sad, and I love, I love that little dude so much. I I mean I like Peta too, but the whole thing with like the 
the the Julianne Moore character and then the sister dying and the like and the like underground tunnels full of the dog people or whatever. I was I'm just like, okay, no. Um, the second Hunger Games is the best Hunger Games book, <laughs> and it's also the best Hunger Games movie. TikTok, TikTok. Yes, TikTok, exactly. TikTok. Um, yeah, no, they're good. I, I was, I'm a, I'm all in on Hunger Games. I think she's great in it. I really do like all the cast. Like honestly, even Gail was perfectly cast because you can see why he's attractive, but he's such a pick me bro that you just want to punch him in this the face. This is wild because I feel like when we were talking about the ballad of the songbirds or whatever, I was the one who was very excited and you were like, wah, 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 wah. Oh, I'm not excited for ballad of the songbirds. I think that wah. was a bad choice. I just like Katniss Everdeen. Of, of all of the, the options of shows to bring back, um, or or like do reboots or whatever of I'm like why aren't we getting Hunger Games spinoffs like <laughs> I would watch good, Matthew I would watch forty seasons of a hung of just oh the gosh. Hunger well, Games that's you just know too I mean? ironic that's disgusting that's right but actually nobody dies it's TV you no, know I know but that's literally like that would be the antithesis of what suzanne collins wanted she was like why are we so obsessed with watching no, trauma that's exactly so what suzanne having... collins would want because she wrote and she wrote three books all about that that are very entertaining <laughs> yeah but that doesn't mean and then she made wants movies that are very of like oh look remember how we ended the hunger games no actually let's go back and really enjoy those like that's that defeats the purpose there's there's no it's like watching that horror movies. That's like Netflix making Squid Games a reality show. It's like you miss the point, sir. No. Yes. No, no, no. It's like watching horror movies. It's exactly. It's like. But the, that's not what. That's what I'm saying. The stakes are so is, high. The dynamics no. are so interesting the when you're Hunger in Games that. It's sort of like so the Titanic. Because it's not about the bit. Like, it's not about oh, this, but like, it's shtick. About the, the it's shit. about the characters having to survive the unsurvivable and then figuring out how to well, make right, sure no one else has to. Well, right. You could do that in a TV show, too. But you can't have it in a TV show because, like, to your point, you're saying you want to watch kids slaughter each other for the lols. I guess the fact that I always sort of forget the fact that they're kids. I think it'd be more fun <laughs> if it was adults. Maybe we could make no, an adult version. No, it's freaking little Rue. It's you know, and that's the other thing is that that's why the books. Annoying. That's why the books and movies are good is because yes, there's the first Hunger Games, but then the second book, which is the only other one with an actual Hunger Games, is them fighting is the incredible. system from within, and they're all older. They're all already traumatized. And so it's them having to come in to fight the actual enemy. So the it's, Hunger Games. It's like falls Survivor, apart. but like better. Um, <laughs> okay, so so she okay, <laughs> so she has that, and then she also has the David O. Russell movies, where Silver Linings Playbook I think is actually a pretty good movie. I guess it's I haven't so rewatched good. it recently, but it's I so like fun. I for I don't like the age gap when I think about it, and she wasn't going to be cast because he was like, mm, "You're too young." Because she was only 21 and Bradley Cooper oh, wow. was like 40 or whatever. Um, but she read as older and they don't really mention her age in the movie. But she is definitely like 26 or something, I think, in the in the film. Yeah. And I really like um, Robert De Niro in it. Yeah. He's really lovely. Um, yeah. It's very so that's... funny. It's very fun. She's very good in it. I was I was happy to see her win. And then, and then, so then Catching Fire comes out. Then we get American Hustle, which I think she is good in American Hustle. 
but well, you're missing the house at the end of the street. Uh, oh I yeah, thought you I loved f- horror films. <laughs> I do, but I haven't seen this one. You haven't? No, Are I you mean, even a J Law fan? So here's I've the, seen it. <laughs> here's the thing, though, is like. The problem with this period is that this is when I was in college, and we've oh, talked yeah. about this before, but like, the Lord. well, it's just, I didn't, I saw way less movies when I was in college because I didn't, yeah. um, you know, I was busy doing other things and I didn't have access. So then once I moved to New York, I like saw a lot more. And when I, and even in high school, I saw a lot more, but in college is sort of a lull, um, yeah, American Hustle. Then we get another X-Men movie. Then we get this movie, Serena, which also has Bradley Cooper in it, I believe. But that came out, or that was one of those movies that was, like, filmed a while ago, like, way earlier in her career. And I want to say it was a Weinstein movie. Serena? The Bradley yeah. Cooper one? Yeah. Oh. I'm fairly certain that that movie came out... Um. Uh that it was shot like years before it came out. Well, I know that was for like a random movie, The Devil You Know. But oh. I mean, Serena had to have been filmed after American Hustle. Or I it was mean filmed after in 20, Silver It was Lines filmed Playbook. in 2012. Oh, okay. So, so right after been? Silver Lines. Yeah. Yes. But then really it didn't come out until 20 I think it was filmed before American Hustle, but then it came out at like the following year right there was right. some sort of weird thing i want to say it was with the weinsteins but maybe mm. it wasn't where it got yeah. held um Yikes. so and then it was sort of dumped like i don't remember that like yeah. any big buzz around that even though that came out the same year as x-men days of future past and hunger games mocking jay part one yeah well and yeah yeah no that... did you go to the midnight premieres for the hunger games because i definitely did um I want to say, I think for all of the first three. I mean, probably. I I don't remember, but I loved them. And I guess there was I assume. A, there was a one theater movie theater that was like in our college town. Um, and I very rarely went there because it had weird hours, except for whenever there were midnight premieres, we would all go. And so I'm pretty sure I saw all three of the Hunger Games movies (laughs) for the first time at midnight premieres at that theater. (laughs) Cute. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I was reading this article that um, J-Law did with the New York Times last year for Causeway. And she was talking about how she was kind of embarrassed that she took her husband's name when they married. But she's like, well, Jennifer Lawrence feels like I lost that when I became popular. Like it's become this persona that that got away from me. And the interviewer was like, well, what do you think of when you think of Jennifer Lawrence then? And she she called out Hunger Games and she's like, I think of Katniss. Like I think she was like, I don't know if that's like my best work, but it's the one that encompassed so much of that time those movies were fantastic and that's like that was always something she wanted to do but she was worried that they would make her so famous that she would kind of lose herself and so she kind of recognizes those films as this turning point and that lines up when everyone kind of turned against her (laughs) yeah well it's like because because you have the last hunger games movie which i think it's like eh, that's in 2015 also 2015 is joy which is the last david or russell one which is about the woman who like invented the squeezy mop or something. I saw the movie, but it's kind of like a weird entrepreneur kind of 
thing. And she does, I think, give a good performance in it. And she got Oscar nominated for that. But the story as a whole wasn't very good. And the movie, I don't think, was great. And people were already sort of a little annoyed with her. So I think it was just, like, building. And then the next thing she was in was X-Men Apocalypse, which also got bad reviews. So things just were not going well for her. And then that's sort of the end of that period. And that's when in 2016, she kind of moves into these weird sort of um, like, yeah, adult, like one off kind of. Uh, she's not doing indie movies, but she also doesn't really want to do franchises, I think, anymore. So she's taking these kind of big budget one-off movies that just are not working for her, starting (laughs) with Passengers, which I know is a movie you have lots of thoughts on. I hate this movie. I didn't see this when it came out because I was like, that sounds like a horrible movie. Um, I feel like this was also when people were kind of getting the ick from Chris Pratt. I have a hard time keeping track of the years. Um, I think this was, no, I think this was, I think Chris Pratt was very still like in People the, were excited for him. Yeah. I, I feel just like remember, this is around like Guardians of the Galaxy era. Right. Yeah. I guess I'm saying, I remember watching the trailer and being like, what? Why would he wake her up? What a creep. And like, I found it fascinating, this discussion that the original the original pitch for the film, the original like script was a horror film where it would be from the perspective of Jennifer Lawrence's character. And she's told that she just like accidentally woke up with this guy and they fall in love. And then she realizes like, no, he's actually stalking her. And he woke her from this like, you know, uh, cryo like sleep or whatever. And, So I avoided this movie, but then I think we got bored during the pandemic, my husband and I, and we watched it and, or I watched it alone actually is probably more likely. And it enraged me to my core. I, I don't know if I've hated a movie like that in a long time. (laughs) It's creepy. It's bad. And it's weird how they romanticize this and like, it's the worst thing a human could do, right? Because they're like flying to space to like settle on a planet. So everyone's supposed to be asleep for 400 years or whatever. And he accidentally wakes up and he can't handle the solitude. So he picks a hot blonde and like breaks her thing too. So she's forced to get up and then he's like, well, I don't know. I guess we could just hang out or something. Absolutely despicable. Hate it. (laughs) Red flags, major ick. Can't stand it. Did you ever watch it? Yeah, I saw it in theaters oh, when it wow. came out. Um, I remember, like, I remember when I was watching it thinking that it was, yeah, that he should have just, like, left everybody in there and, you know, done whatever. Uh, like, just lived on the ship by himself. Because um, then also, isn't there, there's some... There's something or another with like they have escape pods, but they only have one or something like that. Yeah. Um, and that 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 that's also an issue um, that would have been fine if he had been alone. But then because there's her, like, oh, it was so dumb. The, yeah. yeah, it becomes this like weird third act where it's like also the captain wakes up, but oh, yes. the ship is gonna blow up entirely, so they have to like come together 
to save it and she realizes like, oh, it's so hard, but I do want to stay with you. And so then the movie ends with it being 100 years later and everyone else wakes up and they've realized that this couple had, I don't know, they kind of made this sort of like Eden on the ship. Like they used all the plants or whatever to like plant trees in the middle of it. I don't know, but it is bad. And I mean, I I do think that there are interesting sort of philosophical questions that are there. The of philosophical like, question is, should I do this selfish thing because I'm lonely? And the answer is absolutely not. Like, just kill yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of, of, of like how... Uh, <laughs> like, how much do people need companionship or whatever? But then but I also did sort a, of... There's well, no consent, Matthew. Consent is important in any relationship, okay? You well, can't trick someone. The, the thing that I dis the thing that I liked less was okay. one that he didn't say anything, and two that then it turned into a sort of a romantic situation. Ugh, I feel like the like being trapped alone on a ship and knowing that there are other people there and like you could wake one up and then you'd have somebody to like do things with, I think is a very tempting Yes offer especially in like t- five years into whatever yeah so i so i think that sort of premise is interesting yes. but then the fact that it, the movie makes it into a romance and like oh uh, like like this is great that i dislike yeah it should I have also, been a horror it would have been a great yeah for a horror even and from I his al- perspective just him yeah psychotically breaking into a obsessive well, person <laughs> and i also did sort of like the like what would like what do you do once you realize that this is the situation you're that you're in and sort of like trying to figure out how to make the best of it is also an interesting movie but again <laughs> that's if like they both wake up at the same time together yeah. not not the like one wakes the other up and then they try yeah, to turn no. into a romance my so, dream yeah, would no. have been even if it was all the same and he woke her up, I would have wished that instead of the third act being the ship's about to explode, it was her realizing she had to murder him. And it was a fight to the death in sort of this um, well, shi- the shining it- style uh, like battle. Am I, not rem- am I remembering this correctly? Because isn't aren't they trying to rebuild like one of the cryopods or whatever? Yeah, that's and the, then they realize yeah. that there's only, there's, that there's only, only one. one. Yeah. yeah. And so rather than one of them taking it, they both decide that they're going to stay outside of the cryopod. Yeah, I feel like, like he should have said, no, I woke you up. You have to go back. Like, I'm sorry. Like you've lost five years of your life or whatever, but now <laughs> I'm sending you back into the cryopod and then I'll live the rest of my life on the ship. And then she wakes up <laughs> at the end and is like, oh, he planted trees like that. That should have been what happened. She's like, okay, I'll trust you. And then she wakes up and realizes that he'd done the same thing to every single woman in the ship. And he was just a corpse among corpses of these women that he (laughs) pilfered from their pods. And uh, she basically let a serial killer loose on the ship. That would have been good. Huh, okay. <laughs> you know, a, a lot of different options. Contact Shelby yeah. if you really love sort of a Black Widow-esque uh, yeah. murder. Well, um, and this is the one that she regrets most and famously said that Adele told her not to do it. Um, yes. So Adele knows all. Um, but also questionable and curious on your take is her next film, Darren Aronofsky's Mother! Exclamation point. Because I think this is actually like... 
Passengers, I think, yes, people like you and, you know, other, and it didn't necessarily do as well in the box office, but I think it was fairly innocuous in a lot of ways. Yeah. Where Mother was this movie that so many people went to see thinking that it was going to be some sort of, like, horror movie or something like M. Night Shyamalan-esque, maybe. And it turned out to be this, like, weird, bonkers allegory. allegory house about sort of, like, the people are unsure of whether it's an allegory sort of like the artist or an allegory of like global warming. Um, there's a whole section that's like, it was very divisive, the human history, like all taking place in this house. They kill a baby and eat it in like a Jesus reference. There's, it's just a wild movie. And I remember seeing it in theaters as well and being like, what the hell (laughs) is this? And really, hating it you I hated think, it okay interesting well, when i saw it initially i hated yeah, it yeah it didn't i well. think yeah i think in the year well just because i think i was not prepared yeah. for it and it was also because it came out in 2017 which like i like to fancy myself a film you know scholar yeah. at that point yeah. but i don't <laughs> think i really was and so looking back i think that the movie is doing a lot more interesting things and trying a lot of stuff and i think that she actually gives like a good performance in it i watched it again over the pandemic i think oh yeah and and so i think i like him more darren aronofsky who did the whale um you know is one of those actors who i think sometimes sticks his head up his ass a bit and so i I was gonna ask how you felt it compared to bo is afraid because bo is afraid is similar in that it comes from someone who's like respected in a specific genre but then kind of breaks out of it and does something really weird and divisive I think the thing with Bo was af- well, Bo was afraid. I think is different in a couple of ways. One, Ari Aster as a person just seems way more lovely and nice <laughs> and less pretentious okay, than yeah. Darren Aronofsky. So, like, it, listening to Ari Aster talk about his movie, I think makes you want to like it and sort of appreciate it more. Where Darren Aronofsky is so hoity-toity and full of himself that I don't think that you want to give him sort of the benefit of the doubt on things. And also, um, Bo is Afraid is, I think, less of a straightforward allegory in a lot of ways. There's a lot of more weird stuff happening that you kind of have to puzzle over. And also it's a lot, also it's a comedy in a lot of ways. So there's a lot of really funny scenes where uh, Mother is like a pretty straightforward sort of creation story history of the world allegory it's does does not have humor very much in it and i think just feels a lot heavier um so i don't know it they are similar movies in some way but i think sort of the execution and the writing makes them vastly different even though they're not yeah kind of that's fair I didn't see this for a long time. Rob loved it. He liked the divisiveness. He liked the the weird thought exercise. And so I watched it a few years later. And I don't love it. I think it's like you said, there's something really pretentious about it. And like the reduction of mother to this sort of wailing character was kind of weird to me and felt like it 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 was just excited to be gross and didn't feel like it really made it worth it but yeah it's not as bad as some of the other ones on our list 
Well, then she'd had so many movies coming out every year for like the past five or six years, and she was everywhere. And then Mother gets terrible reviews. Also, she starts dating Darren Aronofsky, which that relationship doesn't necessarily last very long, but is also very divisive because he's the director on the film and she's the actor and he's a lot older than her. Um, And then a year later, we get Red Sparrow, which is kind of supposed to be like her (laughs) taking back a narrative, but ends up just kind of being torture point porny (laughs) and people don't like it. And I think that that was sort of her last. um, Yeah ditch effort there and when that did poorly like yes she shows up briefly I guess in Dark Phoenix but again Dark Phoenix was one of those movies that was shot and then sort of like um, postponed a bunch and uh, and she just like disappears she sort of vanishes and she goes off she gets married um, she she takes a lot of time she sort of you know is reclusive and doesn't really come back until don't look up in 2021 um and in that to go from her being everywhere to her being nowhere i think was really sort of shocking and every now and again i would sit and think like or you know she'd pop up somewhere or another on like you know, like I'd see her in an old magazine or whatever. And you'd be like, Oh yeah. Like Jennifer Lawrence, like what, like what, where is she? Like, what is she doing? What happened to like the most popular person on the planet? Yeah, no, I, I agree. It was kind of sad to see her go. Um, and maybe forgettable in the way that it was timed for the majority of COVID too. But yeah, she kind of just like took her time and married a total normie with the weirdest name, ever like basically like denver washington what it's i I always want to say it's dermot mulroney but it's not what is (laughs) no it's cook it's cook 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 mulroney cook cook maloney because she's a jenna cook maroney cook maroney (laughs) so now she's jennifer schrader yeah or jennifer lawrence maroney yeah. Um, good for her. Also, she's only 32 now. She's the same age as you. Oh my gosh. We are the same. Um, and she has a baby. And she did come back for Don't Look Up. And that was sort of like, you sense this difference in her. And it's it's kind of sad. It's kind of whatever. Like, she talks a lot about how the the bubble burst was kind of, you know, a mind F for her. And being loved to being hated was a lie and also that she felt like she was kind of losing herself she she left CAA her 10-year management team in 2018 right when she kind of like stopped working and said that and later said like yeah I just felt like things weren't coming my way that I wanted like they were keeping away projects like Causeway projects that were maybe more interesting to me because they wanted to funnel me to these bigger budget shows and so I think there was sort of this come to Jesus moment for her where she just, the way she describes it is she wanted to have a life. Like she wanted to have normalcy again and not be the person carting her to, you know, bodyguards around while everyone's shrieking at her for photos and like laughing about what she ate that day or whatever. And so it seems like she's done a lot of growing up. It's kind of like there is something sad about it to me just because I feel like, like I said, so much of our society is about expecting women to get in line and only celebrating them or accepting them back once they do. And so it's like, 
oh, look at this sweet pregnant belly as she's doing her don't look up like, you know, promo tour. Like, finally, she's accepted the terms of our arrangement and has shown up and become the maternal woman we always wanted. And um, so I do like court sort of mourn what she felt forced to or what she kind of lost like that. I don't know if it's energy or if she just like grew out of it or whatever. It's just like we got to stop with the with the tearing down of people. But it seems like she's found her boundaries and is kind of sticking to them. Yeah. And don't look up. I think like she had a big role, but that was also in an, an ensemble an ensemble film with a lot of big personalities with Leonardo DiCaprio and Meryl Streep, Jonah Hill. So like, even though she was in it, I think she sort of was able to take a backseat a bit. And then again, she was pregnant. And, and so I was really excited for Causeway um, this year because it, it felt like sort of a rebirth for her in a return to sort of the winter's bone, like very, very, very small indie movie. Yeah. And she was really good in it. Brian Tyree Henry was really good in it. Obviously he got the Oscar nomination. Like it was just such a quiet, small film. And to watch someone who I think is a really talented actor be able to work with that was was really exciting and i think that a lot of people were really thrilled to have her back were thrilled to you know see her working again and uh, hopefully she'll get to put her talent into some more interesting projects coming up because you know she's i don't think that she's going to sign up for another franchise um again it seems like she wants to sort of take these more like weirder one-off type things and I'm excited to see what that looks like in her career. She has a new movie coming out called No Hard Feelings, which is sort of like an R-rated comedy, um, which I don't know that that's necessarily the vibe that I would have chosen for her, but it does look like she's having sort of a lot of fun, at least in the trailer. And it is, I do think that she's a funny person and she hasn't really got to do very many straight comedies. So I think that will be interesting to see what she does with that. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I'm excited for her path forward. Yeah. I mean, she started her own production company, which is what every celebrity does at some point. Um, but that's who produced her Causeway. I think it did the upcoming comedy as well as her two forthcoming roles that one's like One's an adaptation of a novel and the other's a biopic of a Hollywood um, agent. So she's got stuff in the pipeline. It seems like it is the way she says it is like she was drawn to Causeway because it was sort of this, you know, she's like, obviously, I don't think I've been through war, but she was like, the script was about someone healing from these unseen injuries and trying to enter the world like healthier and better but scary, scared a little. And that's something she's echoed in interviews since. And she's been really like limited in what interviews she's done. She does like usually one sit down and one like magazine for each of these roles she's done since her absence. And so it does seem like she's kind of trying to get back, but still a little uncomfortable. She'll like make jokes about like, man, I'm so nervous. Or like, I feel like I'm going to say the wrong thing. And, and that's kind of like, there's something sad about seeing that, but I do think it'll be interesting to see how she kind of finds her footing again. Um, and she does seem to be 
picking at roles that she has more creative control over, but also that let her stretch in ways that maybe her, you know, the path that had been set for her so early in her career with franchise after franchise didn't allow at the time. I went to see Causeway at a New York uh, screening that had like a big after party and was very glitzy and she was supposed to be there. And then she backed out, I think, because she had COVID or somebody else had COVID. It was some sort of COVID thing. And, um, and so I got there and there was truly like half of the place was empty. And I was talking to my friend who did the PR for the event and she was like, oh yeah, like the moment that people knew that Jennifer Lawrence was not coming like everybody's like yeah we're not going to this event (laughs) but I was like that's fine with me I will eat all the food (laughs) like good yeah I think she talks about like how she's able to go to like sort of hole in the world bars in New York and not be bothered and so it does seem like she's feeling a little bit more comfortable in picking and choosing where she shows up and making it more authentic to her at this point in her life and uh, as a 32 year old myself I can totally relate to that yeah, you've just been you're hounded wherever you go. Yeah. Are you are you the host of PS You're Wrong? Yeah. Oh. They're like, wait, wait, I need a picture. I need a picture. And I'm and like, you say, I can't. what? You didn't even see my face. And they say, Yeah, we'd recognize <laughs> no, no. you from your rear end diving into a swimming pool any day. <laughs> That's the goal, honestly. Um could could Rob dream. recognize you from behind? <laughs> I should hope so. I uh, you think also so. have a very distinct walk, so oh, perfect. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I could pick. I feel like I could pick that out anywhere. Um, just like Jennifer company. Lawrence's uh, jogging. Yeah, but if you think about it, Jennifer Lawrence's ran in a lot of these movies, and yeah. I don't know what she runs, and like. she just has a weird running form. Yeah, I and don't it's, know really. I always think th- about this when I watch celebrities run in movies like I thought about this with Tar too when we were watching it and I am I wonder which ones are actual runners like does Jennifer Lawrence do we think like run often or not um (laughs) and and she only actually ever like runs in movies you know what I mean yeah I mean I don't like running a lot of people don't want to run well, I also think running is a hard activity to kind of do as a celebrity, like at her level, because it you kind of have to be outside and then you're going to en- inevitably see people like if you're in New York or yeah. if you're in L.A. or whatever. I mean, if you're like a B-tier celebrity, then, you know, that's fine. But um, it's like going to a private gym or whatever is probably a lot easier and treadmills yeah. are terrible. Yeah. Well, and it'd be like. You just know some dudes texting his friends like, oh, my gosh, I just saw uh, The Bachelor, you know, so. You'd yes, just be like me, me whenever I Sheila. text people. <laughs> I did. I was at a bar with Maggie Rogers over the weekend, so. <laughs> I did see that. Congratulations. Thank you. You're really, I, I can feel the glow, you know. It took me longer to you. recognize her than I thought because she was making out with her boyfriend so much. <laughs> You're like, hmm, what's. What is that couple? Well, I just kept doing? noticing, like, oh, these two people are just like really going at it, and then it was, and then it <laughs> so was only nosy. later that I was like, oh, it's Meg Rogers. Well, because there wasn't, we were in a bar, and there was maybe seven people in there, and so we were kind of sitting towards the back, and the only other people in the back were these two couple, or were these two people who were playing pool and just like making out, and it was them. That's amazing. Uh, the things you see. 
Honestly. Things I see. Uh, Well, things we won't see is movies next week because we won't be having an episode because I'll be in Fire Island. Yeah. Um, And Matt didn't feel like seeing Guardians of the Galaxy, so take it uh, up with him. Such a... I did think about this today because somebody or another texted me about something about Guardians of the Galaxy and I was like, oh, I haven't seen it yet. And then I was thinking, like, maybe this will be the first Marvel movie in a while that I just don't see because... I won't need to see it for the podcast, really. And I don't think I need to see it for work. So, And it doesn't add to the conversation. It's very much a standalone. So it's not like you'll need it to see a movie five years down the road or something. Right. Yeah. It's just a so, thing. So congratulations. You skipped one. <laughs> I skipped it. Uh, well, um, yeah, I'm glad we got to talk about J-Law. I think as a society, we just need to accept that some people might rub you the wrong way, but it doesn't mean you have to like go out of your way to destroy them as an entity, as a human being, as a personality. Um, <laughs> you can if you want. No, though. No. If there no. shall be, you can send her no, some No, it's not worth it. Um, but yeah, I that's Jayla. Honestly, our millennial hero. She's one of us. So she is. I mean, there's a lot of millennials, but she is she indeed one. She is, I think, the the actress that came with us. You know, like we invented. You don't her. think that's Emma Stone? I feel like I feel like Emma, Emma Stone, Stone is like the has Gen better X version energy. of. Emma Stone has Gen X energy. Yeah, <laughs> how old is she? She's she's got to be the same age as Jennifer Lawrence. I don't know. She's been through more. She's like, you know, I don't know. I'm just saying, there's something. About Emma Stone's 34, so she's yeah, okay. also solidly a millennial. Gen X for sure. Um. Anyways, that's just what? because she was in the help. Yeah, that doesn't mean that she's Gen X. Yeah, and Aloha, like she just makes these choices that feel, that just feel a little bit more. You know, like I don't, I like her movies, and I don't want to cancel her. I don't want to cancel her. I shine just funny. <laughs> hey, we did an Emma Stone episode already. Um, we did. So next up, uh, Matt will be talking about, I guess, Josh Hutcherson, maybe. Um, <laughs> that'll be fun. <laughs> we could do um, uh, Liam Hemsworth, who was in a one of the Expendables movies. Oh, wow. Yeah. Which I did yeah. see. So yeah, no, thanks. Um, it's a possibility. But, but we got a few months to figure that out. Um, no, I'm just doing mine on Babylon. The movie. <laughs> It's not about a celebrity, Something it's about a film. Uh, oh, wait, our show's going to be canceled by then. Sorry. The four-hour-long <laughs> extended cut, baby. <laughs> okay. Babylon, Bo is in Babylon. That's my that's my <laughs> birthday episode, where I just make you watch both, both of my favorite movies. Great. Can't wait. Okay, well, good luck with uh, getting ready for moving. And good luck and Fire Island. May the odds be in your favor. Mm. <laughs> Yes, I need to. I need to bring my. Are you? Are you <laughs> coming to the tree? We didn't even talk about the fact that Jennifer Lawrence is like a number she one is, recording you're star. Right. She's a pop star. She really is a triple strange threat. things that happen here. Strange <laughs> what it seems. Are you? Are you? And then the club version that they played on the radio. Wild. Yeah. Wild. Truly really strange. Ugh, a great moment. Okay. <laughs> See you guys, not next week, but the week after. Bye. (laughs)